Hi, welcome to the second episode with Peter and myself. And we are marathoners and we talk about the period where you try to find some speed after completing a marathon block. In this episode, we're joined by my coach, Matt. Can you give the listeners an introduction to who you are, please? Yeah, thanks, Marcus, and I appreciate the invitation uh, to jump on the podcast. Uh, Matt Fox, I've been running, wow, since I was 18, now 36, so that's 18 years. Started off as a middle-distance guy. Um, I was pretty competitive in the 800 and 1500 meters for about eight years, took some time away from the sport entirely, about four years, and came back about, about, about six, seven years ago now to try my luck over the longer distances, the half marathon and marathon. And uh, I've been coaching more or less for about 16 years, you know, casually through some periods of time. Uh, and, and as of about uh, a year ago, uh, more more seriously with the coaching to the point where I'm coaching, you know, quite a few people now. And uh, it's it's a part-time job for me. Um, yeah, so done, what is it, 11 marathons now and, and a bunch of half marathons and, and still, you know, still chipping away at it, trying to, trying to find a few seconds and a few minutes here and there. But uh, yeah, loving the process, loving the journey. And uh, I feel like there's just never, you never get to a point in the marathon game where you, where you feel like there's uh, nothing more to learn. So been enjoying working with you, Marcus, and uh, looking forward to the next couple of months as you lead into the Berlin Marathon. Yeah, and likewise, and uh, thank you for the introduction. And just to give like everyone a bit of a heads up into how we connected, obviously I found your content online through Sweat Elite, and you came on the podcast, and we had a conversation before, and we had a chat after the podcast, and it was really useful for me. You gave me some pointers because I was self-coaching at that time, which I took on board. And then after my, my recent marathons, I was just like, I want to try something different. So that's why I reached out to you because I think just the people I've spoken to, I just thought, you know, there's a better connection there and I just like your vibe and just what you were about. So, um, no, it's cool to be working together. I appreciate that very much. I, I remember the chat on your podcast. Yeah. This is just something I think we're going to be diving into a little bit more on Relay, this idea of who works with, with all the information out in the world, who works with coaches, who who chooses not to, um, what, are, what are different runners, different reasons, um, you know, from big beginner super beginner to intermediate to advanced i think i was a little surprised to learn that both marcus and mike co kafuzi were self-coached i think mike still is um and yeah i just i think it's each of those mindsets i think is worth exploring so really marcus actually i'm i'll be super curious to hear more about your journey as you work with someone with so much experience and how it you know matches up with what you expect or don't expect like what you learn you'll obviously i'd say it's pretty obvious to me that you'll gain something from it but then like what you are surprised by what you gain from it i love the way you asked the question then sort of half answered it for me as well yeah. i might just steal your answer to a list <laughs> yeah so to give a bit of context so i was working with a coach for several years and you know we had some you know great work together we got to sub three and i kind of felt like we got to the stage where it was just wasn't kind of progressing we're kind of doing the same things mm. and my life had changed i had two kids i just wasn't able to recover as well and we we're doing the same workouts i decided to self-coach for a couple of years i just tried a lot of stuff myself had a lot of success uh, doing the sub threes back to back but i got to the stage of thinking all right i'm kind of getting stuck in this area between like 256 and 259 i want to get further and i remember i've speak to a lot of people on the podcast and interact with a lot of different coaches and like I said, I, I just know Matt's work, the people he's worked with, his experience that he's got, and I just thought that's such a wide range of experience. 
and from our conversation I just sort of got that vibe that he was quite open-minded about that as well and even listening to his conversations with Rick as well and how that worked out as well I thought it was pretty cool to listen to so I just thought like when I needed to get a coach I think Matt was the first person I thought of and then sort of swear mm. coaching came about and yeah it's, it's sort of kind of worked at the, at the right time so that's a very long-winded answer yeah. to your question <laughs> no it's good it's um but I'm also we're bearing the lead because you just PR'd like you're still in the the aftermath glow of a PR in the in the 10k so I want to hear I want to hear about that I, many of us who are listening to this probably saw the Instagram post but tell us about it, it was over a minute in the 10k yeah it's over a minute so um, I'm buzzing to, <laughs> to, have, to have done it but I think a lot of the a lot of it is actually the mental side really I mean you can give people the workouts but even in the week leading up to it I know we're having conversations and it's just about kind of getting yourself into that that mindset like that horrible dark <laughs> mindset that it's gonna hurt and you're gonna like you're gonna take it you know so I think I was kind of I'm curious though expect. I see you post photos I mean you know so many people in the running world I'm actually even curious you show up to the 10k on Sunday correct me it was yesterday and you're yeah. Like I met everyone's just like, oh, there's Marcus. He's such a kind guy. And you're like, game time. I'm here to like crush. Um, and you're there to crush yourself. You're not like trying to like push people aside. But how do you manage that? And like, how, how'd it go for you? Uh, thankfully, I mean, I think people are, are pretty cool and they're pretty respectful. Um, I don't want to make it seem like I'm a big deal because I'm not a big deal. I mean, when I got there, did my warm up, it was fine. I, and I actually saw uh, the person I ran with, Lizzie, uh, who actually helped pace me. We actually through serendipity we met at the same time and she was going for the similar time and I was like okay let's work together and that worked quite well but I did see quite a few people afterwards or people on the course that are cheering for you as well um, which is which really does sort of help and give energy but I, I think obviously the running community is quite small so when you're at races you tend to be know people that you will you know you will know you and you know them so um, it's just one of those things really I'm sure it's the same for, for you guys as well yeah I mean it's different uh, different distances, different events. I actually, so yeah. uh, to rewind, I ran two miles um, in June. And the first one, I I was like, okay, I just need to like, it really is like a rust buster. I'm like, I need to like smash myself against yeah. this thing. I'd been sick, all the excuses. And I was like, got to do it, got to do it. Because um, I was more keying off one in three weeks afterwards that would have actual prize money for Masters, Mar Masters Mile. Um, and it was going to be super fun. So I get out and I'm going at a pace and I kind of just settle, you know, like against my will. I'm like, Ugh. it's like a softening. And two guys go by and my friend Lauren, I, I approached her afterwards and gave her a hard time. She she like gave me that like sympathy cheer, like stick with it, Peter. <laughs> Here we go. And I was like, afterwards, I was like, it's only like four and a half minutes. I need you just like screaming at me. I don't need like the like, like believe in yourself. Because like in that moment, then I'm like, oh man, she can't even like genuinely cheer for me. She has to give me the like sympathy clap. Cheer. <laughs> so this is a woman who's like very prolific on the roads and she's not, she never ran track. And so I'm like, okay, here's the, here's the rule. Like in the stadium at the track, like there's no like sympathy cheering you just have to scream like just scream or like yeah just like yeah like it's going to be over in a second um she's like okay you're right you're right because it was so demoralizing for me. i was like <laughs> i have like two minutes left and i like like she's basically saying like it's over give it up so i'm sure that uh <laughs> I, I mean you had a good one going on marcus when did you know 
yesterday like this is actually happening like i'm on it today uh i will answer that question but i just want to go back to what you just said before <laughs> did she go like dark and you like yell abuse at you that you did not expect <laughs> like... uh, well so it, it was to me it was most cutting that she uh, this was the first mile race was like yeah stick with it believe yeah. in yourself you know and she's implying like there's plenty of reasons not to believe in yourself <laughs> um <laughs> And then the second mile, I was, I had approached it differently and I decided to just like cut down the splits, uh, mm. go out a little slower because I kind of figured no one was going to go ahead of me. And if they did, I was excited for it. And then I was like, okay, I'll just try to speed up as we go. And with, a, I think it was one lap to go, her and a few of her friends who are all part of the team putting on the event were just like screaming at me like you gotta go because there was a guy right behind me and so that was the opposite that was exactly what you're looking for but you kind of see in their eyes like i do have to go right now like i have to i can't ignore it um and as marathoners i like i think i wrote about this like as marathoners i'm so used to being like if i just keep my form together i'll pull away from this guy like i'll drop him over the next two miles if i just and in the mile i'm like i have to break this man's will right now um which is totally <laughs> different it's so weird because uh, <laughs> i'm like i don't know i didn't know the guy behind me um and so you know if you don't know someone in your mind i'm like i bet he's got a killer kick the last 200 i have to get away from him before that um so it was it was a very emotional journey and it was super fun but it was definitely different than what we're used to like when i think about all the boston you know you're mm. like pointing to the crowd like getting getting those vibes it's like no we gotta go no time for that in the mile <laughs> no <laughs> you know Peter, um, like you, to answer your question actually you need like better cheer squad i think for me like i had a really good cheer squad uh, on okay. the wednesday and that's when i knew that i was gonna have a good race <laughs> so i was basically we had a session and we ended it with like 400 meter reps and i was just doing this, this 1k loop and it's near a school um and i was just hammering it and these school kids were just like like but i went past these school kids i sold back this story and these kids were like who's gonna carry the boats and the logs <laughs> and i was just like i'm gonna carry the Sped off, and I probably gave him proper energy. Then I came back around in the 1k loop, and like they gave me like a round of applause. I was just like, I'm ready to go. Like, I felt ready to go Wednesday, so it was crazy. (laughs) You couldn't pay for that, like, that's amazing. No, it was was needed at the time, Twitter. So, um, if if I had like like an old man giving me a slow clap, then I probably would have gone the other way. Who knows? (laughs) I mean, yeah, I've definitely had different experiences. I remember one time running up uh, First Avenue in New York City Marathon. Mm. There was like an old woman with her feet up on a chair and she was like, you go, you go, son. And I was like, oh, gosh, I really got to go. Like this old lady is telling me to be tough. You know, like I feel like I'm being tough. But like, you know, when when someone, you know, you can kind of tell like this person's lived through a lot and they are they're insisting that you rise to the challenge. Um, And they're not even quietly judging you, Peter. They're telling you. (laughs) Oh, for sure. Yeah, no, she's like, this guy's not working hard enough. This guy's having too much fun. Um, I'm curious with coach and athlete, like, were, were there any, I mean, you just mentioned those quarters, like, going into the race, was there any particular session or even particular intervals that you're like, that's, um, that gave me the confidence to, kn- give you the confidence to know you were ready? And then I'm curious from a coaching perspective, are you like, okay, I got to give him some stuff that will really, like, get him around the bend to attack 
six miles, 10K? It's a hard one to answer, really. I mean, I think with the course, uh, the day as well, there was quite a hot day. The Essex London 10K course, is, it's not a fast course. It's got at least four switchbacks, just like stop oh. 180 turns. So it's not fast in some areas. And I remember last year I got there late basically train strikes and I was rushing and I got to the end of my pen so I was like behind everyone and this made those switchbacks really difficult so this year Lizzie and I will just like make sure we get to the front of our pen so we've got like clear air to to run through so they didn't annoy me as much as they did last year so I think when you've got a clearer run it just makes it a bit easier to kind of set onto your rhythm and your and your flow and I think that helped me and also running with someone else I knew was a faster runner definitely gave me confidence so I didn't need to look at my watch I was just like going by effort I remember at one point she said to me at like like 7k don't look at your watch <laughs> you know what I mean just keep going keep going yeah dig in and you're just like okay, okay cool um and that was uh yeah, yeah good I, I, so I didn't really have a moment of like and I think I've learned this before I don't like having that feeling where you're running in a race and you think oh I'm gonna PR now because I think by then you just like take the, your foot off the gas and you just like start cruising and start mm. picturing like your beers and your post-race meal and all that kind of stuff and I'm like no start, stop it just keep going just keep pushing keep pushing yeah yeah I didn't really know until I actually crossed the finish line to be honest oh nice and Matt for you yeah when you're sketching out those weeks or anything that you're like oh that man this is gonna make him hurt like this is outside his comfort zone yeah, I mean, having Berlin being now 11, 12 weeks away, I mean, we yeah. already have to start to prepare for the start of that, that block. And Marcus let us know when he joined us, you know, a couple of months back that he wanted to go after a 10K PB before the start of the block. So, you know, one particular workout that I remember you know, us doing about two weeks ago that I thought was very specific. And, and at that point, I knew Marcus was probably on for a PB. We did eight by three minutes. Um, at right around 10k pace effort which is a pretty tough workout to do I'm sure you would have done something very similar Peter whether it be 1k's or, yeah. or 3 minutes or something on those lines and yeah. and to be able to hit you know very close to that sub 6 minute mile pace 340 345 per kilometer which ultimately Marcus you know did uh, 37.15 um, but to finish off with a 15 minute tempo at the end of that um, you know, mm. eight by three minutes, 15 minutes tempo after that, which is a bit slower, obviously not quite 10K pace, closer to half marathon, marathon effort. Um, but then also I think I knew Marcus mentioned the, the Wednesday workout a few days before the race, which was, you know, we didn't want to really taper entirely for this race. We wanted to just ease down enough to give him the opportunity to PB, PR, um, but also um, keep the, in, you know, the, the stimulus there in the legs to, um, to not completely pull right back. I mean, you were doing those 400 meter uh, well under 10k pace probably under 5k pace Marcus you know around about 120 uh, 119 to 123 which is you know that's 33 20 34 minute yeah. pace um, and, and and the goal for those 400s in that um, that workout uh, for, I thought it was four days before the 10k was still at about 5k effort now um, that's definitely faster than I think 5k pace and he messaged me after the workout and said you know these are the splits this is what I did it felt pretty comfortable and and I thought, yeah, well, I mean, I think uh, it'd have to be it'd have to be pretty poor weather, or you know, something go wrong for you to not PB. So I I wasn't overly surprised mm. by the result. I was very very stoked, very happy for him. But 
Um, I mean, we spoke off air before we started this interview that you know, I, I think he could probably even find 30 to 45 seconds more had we done it again and maybe gone out a little bit faster. You know, it wasn't super um, cool either, uh, you know, middle of summer here as well. So, you know, you can always point, point at all the things that you can make up yeah. in time. But I, I do think Marcus has definitely a 36 in him at this point um, in, in better conditions. So, um, yeah, very, very promising result. And uh, just what you need before you start a marathon block to, to have the confidence in knowing that your your threshold pace and your VO two max is is essentially as high as it's ever been. Um, and yeah, I think that uh, Marcus came to us with the goal of running under two fifty for a marathon sometime this year. Um, and it'd be really interesting to see how close we get to that this next attempt at Berlin. Um, two fifty six is the PR. Uh, it is a big step to go, you know, seven minutes off that, but I, I don't think it's impossible. So uh, we'll see. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, wait, my nerdiest question that I don't want to avoid is what was the rest on the three minute intervals? <laughs> uh, it was two minutes jogging. Okay. Just for those yeah. people here for the geek- geeking out. Um, and so I'm, yeah, Marcus, I'm curious how you think about now that you've played around with these, like all sorts of faster paces, um, with the, t- with 250 being a goal, like how, yeah, how do you think about the goals for Berlin? Because I mean, two fifty is a wonderful barrier. I'm sure there'll be a big pack there. Like, are you thinking about time goals at all now? I mean, obviously that's sort of like on your horizon. But how are you thinking about goals? Will you set them in September, or are you setting them now? I think it's it's two things weird. I, I think my pace will reveal itself closer to the time. So I don't want to get like too hung up on like this particular pace. I'm just working now just to get to the best effort I can on the day. And then obviously, like you said, my marathon effort will reveal itself and those workouts closer. But for me, I I don't really, I don't know, that's not really controversial, but I don't really believe in A, B and C goals personally. I know they work for some people, but for me, it doesn't work because as soon as I give myself a B option, I just, it's like an, an option out when it gets difficult. Mm. And then I'm, mm. and I've given myself an option out, then I'm like, okay, option C. And then I just like, like slow down. I find that for me, like to get the best of myself, I need to just be like, okay, a goal. And sometimes it might be like, for example, um, you know, when I was running Boston this year, you know, you're in Heartbreak Hill and it's like your pace drops. So you just think, okay, well, this is the best that I can do at this moment. And that, yeah. that, that is all I think. Give the best you can in that moment. Just do the best rather than like, oh, maybe I can just try and do free 10. Do you know what I mean? It's not like that. It's just like, what is the best I can give in this moment? And that will be the same kind of attitude uh, towards Berlin. I mean, the target is to go sub 250. Uh, it's a tough goal. You know, not a lot of people do it for, for that reason. Um, and I don't think it's going to be easy. But we've got a good group of us, especially at Sweat Elite and also Lizzie, who I ran with at the Asics 10K. I think she's aiming for a similar time. So we're probably going to probably running the same place together as well and, and try and pace each other. So, you know, you've, when you've got like a wider support system as well, you don't you feel like you don't want to let them down <laughs> as well. So I'm mm-hmm. looking forward to it. Yeah. Well, that was a trick question and you yeah, you passed because like, <laughs> as, as a wise, uh, someone who coaches and an experienced runner yourself, I'm always like curious about people's goals, but the answer is always like, you got to find the pace over through training, right? <laughs> yeah. I didn't, yeah. I'm not trying to set you up, but I, I, I asked the question genuinely and then I'm like, why is that the question? Because yeah, I mean, yeah. people, uh, you have to find it in training or else it becomes, I mean, and, and maybe in small moments, like you might yeah. not find it till the very, till that, particularly with summer weather. I find the people who race yeah. Berlin, yeah. like it's a particular balance of like the effort-based work that you're going to have to do. And, um, 
yeah so wait uh where does this leave on the heels of this 10 kpr where does it leave you sort of mentally physically you said about 10 10 11 or 12 11 or 12 weeks before berlin now how are you feeling heading into that i'm, I'm looking forward yeah. to it like i've got a good group of people to run with feel fairly fresh Okay, and I'm excited as well. I think it's working with a new coach, new you know group of, of runners. So it's a lot to be excited about. I don't want to come in and be like, oh, yeah. I'm gonna do X, Y, and Z. Ready and, to like, rock. I've done that for social media enough. You know, I, I just, I just the marathon doesn't work oh. that way. Like you, can, you can't just say, <laughs> I, I'm gonna think it to existence and I'm gonna run five minutes. Like so, sometimes you might just might just run a minute better, but you might not. You might run two minutes slower. I mean, like, but ultimately I'm going to try my best like that's all you can do and that's all you can yeah. really control so I, I'm not going to worry about uh, like putting these mantras out there for people to, to be like but you're on a you're on a ride and so like yeah yeah uh, no denying it you'll, you'll stick with it I'm yeah Matt I'm curious you've coached I didn't realize how long you'd coach. Um, you've also run a lot of marathons, but then you're taking in as the lead of Sweat Elite, like just gargantuan amounts of like world leading content. <laughs> so yeah. how is that, has it changed your like coaching approach at all? Or like, do you th find yourself mixing different theories now that you're learning from the very best? Yeah, really good question, uh, Peter. Uh, I definitely do blend a bunch of theories together, but it also depends so much. What I'll prescribe someone depends so much on their own experience. So if they're coming as someone that picked up running during COVID, did a couple of 5Ks and 10Ks and might be approaching their first marathon, that would be very different to how I would, well, maybe not very different, but it would certainly be in some ways different to how I would approach someone that's been running for 10, 15 years and that had done 10 marathons. Um, I know that someone like Marcus that's done quite a few marathons and some other people I coach that have done 10 plus marathons, you know, they're able to handle, uh, let's talk in miles, um, <laughs> they're able to handle, uh, you know, potentially five 20 plus mile runs in a build up. And I think that's what you ultimately need to get to your uh, potential in the long run. Whereas someone that's coming from the standpoint of just picking up running and they want to do their first marathon, that might break them like doing that much long, mm -hmm. that, that many long runs in a build up. So, you know, we might peak at 21, 22 miles, do one of them and a bunch of 16, 17, 18 mile ones. That's, that's for someone that's new. Um, uh, but in general, I think I do sort of mix a few different philosophies um, between, uh, you know, probably between Lydiard and Canova, I guess. Um, I do I do definitely believe in a, a bit of mileage. But again, like it depends so much on the person's history. If it's someone that's coming from um, a standpoint of having a lot of injuries, if they've experimented with going up in mileage and they just can't quite handle something, then I won't necessarily lean on the on, on the side of doing a lot more mileage. So, um, but I, I think in general, I coach myself more to the style of Canova, if anything, um, in really trying to nail down the, uh, extend the, uh, everything revolves around getting to the point where you can do at least a half marathon or two by 10K or, 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 or something similar to that at goal marathon pace three weeks before and everything sort of builds to that point um, along the way. So we'll start off by doing some 2K intervals, maybe five by 2K with 1K float at goal marathon pace, which might start off at being an effort um, based thing, uh, depending on where the athlete is and the conditions and so forth. And, and everything will sort of um, uh, eventually lead to being able to do a training run three or four weeks before, but th that, that depends on if they've got a half marathon, the lead up and so forth. But 
I do really believe that to get the most out of yourself in the marathon, you do need to do quite a lot of workout, the goal effort, goal pace um, in the build-up. Um, and but that, but but with that said, like I've sort of already adhered to, if it's someone that's quite new to it, you want to be a bit careful about that because uh, doing a lot of work at that first threshold point, marathon effort, marathon pace, is very taxing, and it's something that I think uh, if you want to do quite a lot of it in training and, and ultimately reach your potential in the marathon, you do probably need a few training cycles and a few marathons under your belt before you can handle a lot of that without risk. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm asked all the time, like, what theory do you follow? And I don't think I follow one particular mm. one. Um, it, it really depends on the athlete and depends on their history and where they're coming from. Um, and, and if it's someone new, it probably looks a little bit more like a, a, a um, Lydiard theory, maybe with less mileage, sort of longer runs are maybe a little bit, bit easier, um, just a little bit more general running um, to, to just build the, build the engine. But uh, when people get a little bit more experience, it probably looks a little bit more like uh, Canova's style of training, but far less intense and far, because <laughs> I think if anyone follows his plans to a T, uh, yeah, it's a little bit of an egg throwing against the wall theory where if you make it, you're probably going to run very fast, but not so many people actually get through. Yeah. <laughs> That's definitely a certain coaching style of like, yeah, they produce some hits and a lot of the other ones like end up broken on the side of the road. Um, yeah. Marcus, I'm curious how much um, for those, anyone listening, if you haven't followed Matt's journey, Marcus and I are both aware of like how much Matt has thrown himself against that wall over the past like two plus years. Um, so like when you're mentioning Matt different workouts, I'm like, oh, I've seen Matt try to do that in Kenya. I've seen him try to do it in Boulder. I've seen him do it like, oh, so like I'm curious, Marcus, what it's like um, having a coach who you know, like when he says something, he's he's through thrown himself in that meat grinder multiple times. <laughs> a little bit nervous. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's relatable. But yeah, I think it's a tricky one. As I think as we all know, it's like when you're doing your own coaching and doing your own training, so it's a lot to juggle. So um, yeah. and yeah, we've all seen the workouts that he's done, and you know, tried some similar as well. So it's yeah, it, it's good to see. It's good to see. I will say um, I live in Portland, Oregon, and so a lot of us here appreciated that Matt got Cam Levins, the local pro, the local fastest pro in town, on the, his pod and like just nailed him down and nailed him down until he said that he tried to break 14 minutes for the 5K three times in one workout and didn't quite achieve his goal. And I like fell out of my chair like, okay, I guess that's how you run at the very front of the Tokyo Marathon. Um, but so I appreciated that, Matt. Thank you for pushing a guy who <laughs> tends to like avoid the specifics. Um, so I'm Marcus. I'm curious if there's anything I've been thinking about how like the mile workouts I was doing, like six hundreds, four hundreds, like three hundreds, putting on spikes. I was doing. Um, I'm trying. To, I've been trying to think about things I might carry over. There's so much work to do in a marathon block, but like, are there any things that you want to like? hang on to and bring with you over the next three months um even though it's going to be a very different focus obviously yeah i quite like just the alternation in paces really not just the strictly just progression but like sometimes going hard and then go medium and then go hard again or whatever you mix it up so it's not always just like the same uh, pace or throughout or do you know what i mean so I, I think that definitely builds a bit of strength in character like matt was saying we're doing the 400 because you still got to push and you you know if you've not pushed enough but then you still got to then push again to maintain 
uh, what you know uh, that, that marathon pace effort you know it's still hard work so um, I'm hoping just to keep doing that um, yeah for sure I, I'm sure it'll extend out slightly but like to be honest like even if you do like the short stuff or the long stuff it, <laughs> I think it's all relative it still hurts and it, you, you, your mind just plays tricks on you like it's going on forever <laughs> even though it might not be so it's just like getting out yeah. of my own way my own BS and just be like okay just, just do the work you know yeah I feel that I mean I definitely to be totally blunt I draw a distinction in my mind between people who have trained for the track growing yeah. up and those who haven't because yeah. I've definitely yeah. met people who are newer to running who have worked their way to understanding those different types of pains and those different types of paces and effort levels you know so mm-hmm. um, I've actually started coaching a few athletes recently and I am just trying to like move them carefully towards understanding how much harder they can run for short periods of time um, such that then so you have many multiple definitions of hard like you're saying Um, because yeah I find when I there's like a bit of a confused look when you talk to newer runners about the difference between you know mile pace 5k pace 3k pace yeah (laughs) 10k pace half it's like running hard and I mean or you know seven out of ten and you're like yeah, yeah but like seven out of you can kind of do eight out of ten over 600 meters or six miles you know and so yeah. mm. it's like it takes that practice do you feel like you've gained some of those mental and physical gears over this block it sounds like you've really tr- pushed yeah I mean like actually that, that was the question I was gonna ask you both really to get your experience in it. I, and I feel you know, having conversations with Matt before and yourself, Peter, I feel like each stage that you're running, you're a ceiling and you think that's your ceiling until someone goes, actually, there's a little bit more. And you like, you peep your head and go, oh, maybe there is. And it's, sometimes it's too overwhelming. So you go, I come back down here or I'm going to try and push. And I just felt like this time for the 10K, I just knew that I needed to like push more in the workouts because it, was, it wasn't going to be like gifted. And even in the race itself, like I just felt like that. But probably the 10k a couple of weeks ago I probably wasn't in the same mindset I was just thinking I oh, know I'm prepared to suffer but I'm not prepared to suffer that much but yesterday I was just like mm. I'm gonna go and you know I'm not you know suffer I mean it's not like war you know uh, but I was prepared to like go and just like just leave what I had um, on the day and then try and come back with a PB so that's why I'm kind of curious about for you two really just like because you can talk about the workout but there's also the mindset of being like okay now I'm preparing to go into this place to get this result because you could be fit but it's it's never gifted to you you don't just like jog to a pb you know you don't jog to a performance you know and how do you guys manage that balance between the workout and the mindset or the race and the mindset oh yeah that's a good I question mean, it's interesting matt you, 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 first. you mentioned <laughs> uh yeah I, i'm curious what works for different athletes for you matt i know there's a common thing of running a half marathon in the build-up to a marathon and I've personally, um, I haven't soured on it, but I, I think about it slightly differently. I think I, when I was rising in my fitness, I could almost, nothing is guaranteed, but you know, I would be fit enough that I could almost like run a half and be proud of it. Cause I was like, wow, I'm just fitter than I've ever been. Um, and as I kind of plateaued and became incrementally gaining fitness, I soured on essentially running a race like close, but not the same that I'd been practicing, um, 
so I found I've just found half marathons to be like so fast when I when I'm focused on marathon stuff. It just feels like oh dear, and it can kind of get in my head um, in a negative way because it's long, but it's faster. And versus to answer your question, Marcus, um, my my friends and I who I train with here, we've often had a tradition of about a month out running, um, either or two two to four weeks out we'll run like a four or six miler just um as hard as we can you know so mm -hmm. if if it's in america and it's like thanksgiving there'll be like turkey trots so you can find like three four or five milers um where you just race and you just try to you know get out at appropriate pace but then go as hard as you possibly can the last three miles which yeah. gets you like shakes you out of that marathon training slumber i in my i find and is like oh yeah this is gonna really hurt um the worst is when we've tried to go for like a track, we'll meet each other at the track and try to run a 10K, 25 laps of the track um, yeah. at the, the appropriate pace. Like, yeah, I have definitely had dropped out of that workout and then PR'd in the marathon three weeks later. You know, it just been like, because you're, you're like, I am this fit. I'm going to run 25 laps. And then you get out above your head and you get negative. I mean, I'm just, I'm saying you, I'm describing myself. <laughs> and then... Yeah been like this is this like just explosion but like that really that embracing um you know that real punch in the face of how much it's going to hurt and i kind of wish I, I don't think i did something like that before boston and i regret it because i got out in boston and it got hard and i i didn't really have that fresh feeling of um how much it was going to hurt and so i think it is there's many ways to find uh to meet that need but i i think what you're saying is spot on you you got to um, without taxing your bodies too much. And that's why I think like, you know, the three, four, five miler doesn't, shouldn't blow you apart uh, if you're in marathon. And it, I think it mentally freshens me up. So I've, I've seen a lot of success uh, doing that. And particularly like a three, four, five miler, like it's not, um, it doesn't like bruise my ego so much. I'm not like, sometimes I'm a slower half marathon. I'm like, oh, am I really that fit? And there could be any number of reasons why like a, Half marathon, it's just long enough, like might not go perfectly um, versus like a random five miler. I'm just like, go. Um, <laughs> and then it kind of, I think of it as I'm saving it for that mindset for the, like the last 10K of the marathon. I'm like, oh yeah, here I am like back in like five miles to go. Um, that's a long answer. But uh, <laughs> um, yeah, how have, you, how have you thought about it, Matt? Like you've set... I know we've been following your journey. You put yourself in some like really painful positions. Like I'm going to go out with this really elite pack and like, it's going to be intense <laughs> for us. Yeah. It's super fun to watch. I just got to say like, thank you very much. I'm like, he's in Rotterdam. He's in here. He's here. Oh my Lord. Yeah. <laughs> some of those races I haven't intended to actually finish. It's more just, let's just run as long as I can to, to see how long I can go for wow. as, a, as a training effort. Um, but Marcus, it's a, it's a good question. It, it, it made me think, and, and Peter's answer was really good too. But I think in, in training, I, I, very, I very rarely think people should, should be pushing to 100% in training. Um, I, I often use the uh, I do, personally I, I train to RPE myself a lot of the time not necessarily to a specific heart rate or a pace or anything and I, and I train to, to 85 to 90% in almost every single workout and long run leading up to a marathon and I think um, I try to remind myself and I've only really been doing this over the last couple of years and I have no idea where it came from but I think it's helped 
And it's that when I'm at the point of an end of a workout at 90% effort, and I think this is getting really hard, um, I do try and re- continuously tell myself that um, you can push uh, quite a bit harder here, but just just don't do it because you just, just save that for the day. And you kind of said this to some extent a little bit then, Peter. It's like, um, and but I think if you're able to, to push yourself to the limit once or twice before the A race, and that might be either in a time trial or in a race, a half marathon or a 10K, and, and find that point, um, I think uh, that's very valuable as well. And, and, I, and I've seen, especially over the last year since I've coached more athletes, a, a lot of times people will go into a race having not raced for a little while and they'll have a hard time getting to their limit the first time round, mm-hmm. but they'll hit it the second or third time round because they've just learned how to hit it in the last time. Um, and and it's, it's almost like um, learning how to, yeah, how to get to that point and, and not being scared of it um, <laughs> to some extent. And so, um, yeah, I think, I think there's a lot of value in riding that line of, of being at about 90% in, in training. I don't think it's, it's a good idea to be doing uh, too much of that over long extended runs um, before the marathon, maybe just for the last sort of seven to eight weeks. Um, you know, pushing to 90% in a workout of eight by three minutes is very different to pushing yourself to 90% in a workout of two by 10K or, or, or 30 or, or 20 miles. Like they're two very different things. Uh, in terms of recovery from so um yeah uh, i'm probably darting around the, the question a little bit to some extent but um I, i've definitely found value in 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 running at, at that effort and, and and marcus will see over the next little you know in, over the next training block that, that quite a lot of the time i'll say you know let's try and be at about 90 percent effort in this long run or, or in this workout and but don't go over that mm. um and i'll try to remind him and, and say like when you're at that point think to yourself like this is what it's going to feel like at 22 miles like and and you're gonna have to figure out at that point how do i now enter the zone of that last 10 percent? but don't do it today don't don't worry about it today um Mm. it'll be too hard to recover from so and yeah and i I do think like i said uh, the half marathon race or or a 10k or or a 10 mile race in the lead up uh, it's it's probably a good idea to, to 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 do that if you can to uh practice getting to that point once or twice so that you can and you'll probably leave that that race thinking ah oh, like could i have gone a little bit harder I, I don't know and like marcus sort of even said that just before we started this podcast about his 10k yesterday he was like i feel like i probably could have maybe squeezed a little bit a little bit more out potentially you know i don't know so and i think that's a perfect place to be in, in a lead-up race so yeah it's a it's a it's a it's, it's a it's a good question though yeah marcus is there is there anything i mean you've done a you've run london You've run quite a few marathons. Is there anything you're particularly excited for in this build or nervous about, um, you know, working with a new coach, sort of looking to the next three months? What do you... I think it's, it sort of ties back to what we've been talking about in terms of just that, that mental space and, oh. and how you approach it. And I think that's what I'm excited to, to look at because, I mean, going back to what you just said, Peter, it's, I think we can get used to racing, but if, if you've not raced for a while then you can get dull to it. It's like that muscle, but it's also like what Matt said as well. It's like, you don't, you can't go all out throughout because you just empty your tank. It's, you're kind of touching upon it in a couple of places, but not to the point that you burn out. So I'm kind of ex- excited just to explore just that, that, that mental side, just that, that kind of just, I think just pushing from where I've been to before, but not pushing to the extent where, you know, I've, I've, blown up or you know um you know you can't recover and you know your training is kind of taking a turn that way so yeah i'm excited Mm -hmm. just to it's not just the 
the actual physical training but it's also the mental stuff and also just Matt's experience and everyone else's experience I think I mean I, I remember even having a conversation with like uh, Patty Dillon and she talked about it the mental side of like you go into the well um, and you make a home and then when you get comfortable you you move home and you go down <laughs> you don't even get like um, you don't even like uh, call in the the, uh, the van to like take your, your furniture you just leave it you just leave your furniture go to a new home go lower down and you start again so it's just like it's just I think it's just that mindset which I'm trying to I think everyone has to find it in their own way and the, the more that you do I think it's 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 interesting I, I mean I'm rambling here but you know no I don't think it's like nature or just or you just you know just hard work I think it's, it's, it's so many different factors that kind of make you know you tap into that space that you have and I'm just really interested in, in doing that um, more so than the actual workouts I mean the workouts are fine but I just, I just like the mental stuff as well hmm. yeah I mean I, I've I mean I've written about this stuff and I think about it a lot which is um, well a couple of things like you can run a lot of kilometers a lot of miles a week and still I'll catch myself I do often like Saturday or Sunday morning long runs and I'm like in the moment like coming into the third set or the fourth set of whatever and I'm like oh wow like I've done a lot of running all week just to get myself here and like i'm finally in like the 20 minutes you know i'm running for like 10 to 12 hours a week and i'm like these 20 minutes are like the most specific closest to my race day preparation i need to focus like right now and uh you know that's after you're obviously quote unquote focused because you're doing a workout but it's like just after hours on the road you're like wow it's happening in this moment um so i don't want to you know miss it and then also i've been thinking a lot about in america we have a lot of build up for the olympic trials qualifier um and so a lot of people i know are you know women are trying to <laughs> women are trying to run two under 237 and it's just like it's a bear of a pace um i know men trying to run under 218 and i was thinking about years ago when i was trying to qualify i had teammates who were faster than me and so I would get dropped, like most long runs, like we would get into the meat of like, you know, three by four mile, four by four mile, or like two by all, all these things that are long. And so what I've seen some of my friends suffer from is they get maybe dropped by a pack and they've been leading so many of their own sessions that they like really tailspin. They're just like, whoa, um, I, I don't know. I started to feel horrible. I got dropped by the pack. And I realized I benefited in hindsight, I've realized, oh, I was getting dropped by guys on the weekend. And so I probably every weekend had had to have a moment of collecting myself and finding that sustainable pace that was not like dropping down three levels. You know, it was like, no, no, go, 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 go. But like you can no longer run with Jared because he's left you. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it's like I I always knew that I was benefiting from having, you know, badass training friends. But um, I realized that was probably a fringe benefit I hadn't appreciated. I'm like, how did I keep going and keep it, you know, moving? And this was all assuming that like everything physiologically was still going well, you know, like not bonking, not anything in particular. Um, so it's like, yeah, it's, it's not only practicing like the zone you want to be in. It's like maybe even practicing the zone you don't want to be in, which is like watching that pace train pull away and being like, okay, I'm still able, I'm still, capable of being here um which is super hard to do it's like 
okay, you just need to run a whole bunch of miles and run this really hard workout that's totally unreasonable and have someone <laughs> who can like drop you. Like yeah. it's beyond, um, but I mean, Marcus, you might face that. It sounds like you got a good crew in London that you're gonna, you will have maybe people around who pull away from you and you're like, that's okay. They're gonna do their thing and I'm gonna do mine. Yeah, I mean, even like last year where, I mean, I was running with like Carla Molinaro and she was just like, no place in comrades and I'd run with her and even though she's an ultra marathoner, you know, she's still fast and I'd just yeah. join into her sessions and get dropped. You know, you like, you, you say that you have that moment of clarity of just like, I've got, accept, I've seen this happen and I've got to accept it. And I was just like, okay, whatever, just come back again, come back again. Yeah. I think it's important just to have people that you do run with that are quicker than you that do push you and to leave your ego aside and just to know that like it doesn't, it doesn't actually like make you a bad runner. It actually does actually push you further sometimes, but it can also push you the other way, but you just have to be humble enough to accept what it's there for. Yeah, it's a balance. I've, I've also definitely experienced the flip side of like threshold mm. miles, threshold 1200s where I look next to me and I'm like, well, he's probably running at the appropriate pace because he's mm. way faster than me. And I'm definitely <laughs> running at 95, 97% right now. Like I probably should be backing off. So yeah, it can cut both ways um, having those people around. This is fun, Marcus. I want to um, make sure we dig into your. Um, we'll have to check in in like you know six weeks, like halfway through this block. Yeah. Yeah. Good idea. Your mile. How did you pace it, and what was your strategies for the the four laps? Oh man. Um, so the mile, you know, big thing in America, except for then, it used to be a big deal in America because we also had four hundred and forty yard tracks. Um, so it was just before it laps to the track. Yeah. Um, over time, we've moved to like the 5,000, the 3,000. So the tracks are 400 meters. So you start nine meters behind the finish and you know they fire the gun and you mm. pass through the finish and then go around and you get a 409 meter split. So that's like a little bit of a mind mess. Um, I had gone out, I, I think I mentioned this like three weeks before and um, I'm 41, so I'm like younger than some of the other masters runners I was racing against. I got out ahead of them and then like was sort of needlessly ahead of them and then softened my pace and that gave them someone to catch up to and then they went by and then I felt bad and then just kind of dragged it home. And um, <laughs> it was like not that enjoyable of an experience. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to do the opposite. And my coach Mario Frioli and I discussed like, getting out strong, which for me meant somewhere between like 68, 69 and 70. Um, but what I did was I got out and I looked and these guys went behind me and I was like, okay, all for some reason, it's only four laps. For some reason I had tremendous confidence that if I got to three laps to go feeling good, I could wind it up appropriately and something about four <laughs> laps intimidated me. I'm not sure why, um, but I was like, screw these guys. I was just like, getting angry. I'm like, I'm not going to put myself under pressure this first lap just to have them blow by me. So I went, I actually split, I think like 72, 73 for the 409 meters, um, which was slower than I'd hoped, but I was very much like, I just want to be feeling good and excited. So then I started to pick it up a little bit. And I had told people my one goal, because this didn't happen in the first race was hit 600 to go and be like cranking it down. Like do, there's a thing that some of the pro runners 
do called a squeeze where you're like progressively getting faster because um, that's so a lot of the the Bowerman guys talk about that like how do you make sure that you're not just like squeezing all the toothpaste out of the tube in one go you're you're slowly like increasing the pressure and so that was really my goal was get to 600 both physically and mentally particularly like excited and engaged so um yeah i, I went like 73 69 67 65 for the last 400 um mm -hmm. and i was just like getting faster 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 um and it was <laughs> really fun um and so so and it's so particular to the race because was, this was a meet of a series of miles. And so I had some friends who ran a different heat because they're like 32, 33. And a few of them ran just faster than me. And I'm like, man, I wish I was in your heat because like the guys all carried together and like ran some good times. And they're like, yeah, man, but you won your race. It was a different type of race. We got like fourth and fifth and sixth in our race. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, different things. Um so it's like the different mindset, like you're saying. Being a marathoner, I'm so used to like not really thinking about my place, like let the chips fall where they may and you know, like being with the pack and maybe trying to pull away from someone or um, more rising to a time together. Whereas in the mile with a bunch of old men, I mean, I got beat by some 50 year olds um, my first race a couple of weeks ago and I was like, and people, guys are like, he's in his 50s. I'm like, I don't know to tell you, man, he went right by me and uh, he was looking good. <laughs> so um, my goal was like set myself up to beat the guys who are good runners and love the track and are on the track all the time. Um, but I was like, if I run this as progressive as I want to, I think I can get ahead of them. And uh, so that was good. Um, it was funny. They actually had some prize money cash in an envelope. And I was like, you guys don't need to give us old men cash. Like <laughs> yeah. we would do this probably without the cash. Like it's, we're living our best life right now. I'm not like, thank you. Here we go. Uh, so I gave it to my son. I told him he has to put it in this uh, college fund. He's like, what, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, I mean, it was like you're, we've been talking about, I hope to bring some of the spirit of like that faster running to this marathon i'm i am running a the Cal international marathon in december so i have some months to sort of gap till i really start building but i'm hoping to stay on some of the speed throughout the next couple months it'll probably be more minute effort based work than truly on the track hitting 600s um which i have thoughts about you know it's it's not the same intensity to say like go hard for 90 seconds than it is like looking at your split at you know 600 meters it's like much more of a uh, gut check but i think there's tremendous amount to be gained and then as my coach mario has you know repeated which i know he's like our goal is to make your marathon pace feel as slow as possible and so mm. we're gonna have to get there by um like matt was saying won't be doing long efforts at marathon pace for quite a while but um really trying to push down like paces that I'm seeing and feeling comfortable with such that like when I come back to marathon pace, it feels like, Oh, okay, this is doable. Um, mm. someone was describing it like marathon pace, like a mosquito that you're not allowed to swat, um, <laughs> which I kind of loved. <laughs> He's like, I like that yeah. to be like, yeah, you're like, Oh, it's annoying. It's not that annoying. I can handle it. I'm like, okay. 
<laughs> Do you know the way you described it, Peter? It was exactly like how I was thinking about marathon pace. I was doing a workout like last week. I was thinking about exactly the same way that you said it there. I was thinking like, if I want to run sub 250 and I worked up the paces, I was like, that can't be my top end. It can't, it's got to be like my slow. And it kind of like <laughs> dawned to me. I, was, I think that as well sort of gave me like another like pep in my step to be like, actually, obviously you need to like try and pick up because you can't, you're not just going to like jog it through and hope to, to like, you know, just to... Uh, get yeah. it handed to you like Marcus he's been running for several years here is a 250 as a gift <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, you've earned it yeah here you go um, well that's how I ended up writing that whole essay called the marathon doesn't owe you anything because yeah. I I had come across a couple of guys on their Strava that were sort of like I deserve better today and I'm like <laughs> You train super hard, but like, what do you mean you deserve better? Like, who are you even talking to? I was like, that's not the right mindset to be in. Like, if you think you're, it's owed to you, like, I've checked all the boxes. Just please, I'd like to turn it in and have you give me back my marathon PR. I'm like, man, that'd be a dangerous way to enter a race. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've got one more quick question for Matt, actually. Hmm. I know we talked about workouts, but what's your thoughts about integrating races? I know we talked about the big half and 10Ks, but. Uh, more races into workouts because I know some of the old school runners would be like I'd race every weekend and have a workout and I'm not suggesting that we're going to do that but what's your sort of balance on races to workouts and like sort of keeping that mind like focus on you know the effort and the race day uh, for the marathon yeah, I'm I'm a I'm a fan of incorporating races into into the the block and and often sometimes doing them not at, not at 100% effort. They might be at a certain mm. like uh, quite often I'll have an athlete say, "Oh, I've got this half marathon 3 weeks out." Um and they might have already done a hard half 6 weeks out where they've run a PR or they've gone, you know, very very fast. Um and and it's made more sense for us based on their build up to maybe do that at marathon pace. So a little bit a little mm. bit easier or maybe like a progressive run. Um, and, I, and I think that can be good. It, it really depends on the circumstances of the person, where they live, what they have available to them. But I do think um, uh, I've actually, you know, people that have, f- have followed my, my Strava or, or me closely would know that I've, I've actually done quite a few marathons in training leading up to a marathon where I'll run them much slower. Um, you know, so I've, I've just before I ran 227 at Valencia a few years ago, I ran uh, 248 at New York four weeks before it. Um, so about 21 minutes slower. Um, and uh, yeah, I've, I've done that, I think, three times. Now, I wouldn't recommend doing that uh, for someone that's new to, to, to the marathon because I think that might be a little bit um, tough to recover from. But I don't think, uh, I, I do think that there's, um, it, it can be a good idea for some people that are a bit more experienced to potentially do a full marathon four or five weeks. I wouldn't do it probably any closer than four weeks before. Um, and and, uh, and uh, probably the best way to do it would be at a, a pace that's um, 10 to 15% slower, more or less, or, or, or it can also be a bit progressive. Um, but what that might be able to do is just give the athlete or give the runner an opportunity to do a long run where they, you know, they've got the drinks, they've got the tables, they've got people to run with, um, because it can be pretty tough to do some of those really long runs, 24, 25, 26 mile runs alone, especially if you don't have exactly. you know, anyone to, to give you drinks or you don't have a, a good loop that you can sort of store drinks somewhere. So circumstances you know uh, it, it depends but i do think that there's there's value to to put races in in training quite often where you won't necessarily go all out um so yeah and uh, and i i'm actually uh, interested in doing that every block for my for myself to do a, a full marathon uh, maybe four weeks out uh nowhere near as as fast as the <laughs> as the race and i think actually in my in my last uh, 
block i made a mistake of doing a marathon four weeks out from london marathon where ultimately i dnf'd at london uh due to a few reasons but i think one reason of about three was that i did the marathon four weeks before too hard <laughs> i i ran it oh. at, i ran it in two i ran it in 223 and i was trying to rate 220 yeah. in the marathon now I, did, I went into that race uh the one leading up to it without really a set goal in mind um and i just decided on the start line to just go with the lead women. And I thought, well, I don't really know how fast they're even going to go, but it ended up being okay. And um, I don't think it was the sole reason why I, I DNF'd London. Um, I, I had a, a lot of troubles with, with asthma, which I've had for, for many years, but it was probably one of a couple. So, you know, lesson learned there. I, if I do it again, I probably won't go so close to the to the line of um, my best in, the, in that, in that uh, marathon leading in. Uh, but, you know, Oh. That's the beauty of the marathon, and like I said in the intro here, is that you 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 never you never figure it out entirely. I don't think you you're always learning, even after even after so many of them. So yeah, good question though, Marcus. I appreciate it. Yeah. For those of us following your training, it made for like exciting moments because I was like, oh, <laughs> if you can run two twenty three with a month ago, it's gonna be great. And you know, yeah, I I don't think anyone, no one who's sane and respects the marathon, uh, begrudges you. You know, things happen and. Uh, that comes about but so you're like oh okay well didn't that one live and learn um, yeah but I remember that was a fun fun result to see I was like okay he's cooking this is fun <laughs> yeah. is there anything in particular you want to run Mar uh, Marcus I know we're uh, wrapping up but like what um, anything you're I know you know the London racing scene leading into Berlin. I think uh, the big half is probably our next one uh, I know there's like some shorter races potentially um, like 10Ks and 5Ks, but I haven't really looked at that yet. I was saying to them actually before this conversation, I think the temptation is always to think, oh, maybe I should do another race, but I think that's just, that's why sometimes it's good to have a coach because I think yourself, you can just deviate from the plan, which isn't always the best thing. So yeah, I'm focused on the big half next and just trying to do the best I can in Berlin. Uh, that's going to be awesome. Okay, well, let's definitely find a time in like a month and a half to do some check-in. That'd be fun to hear about. Yeah, let's do it. We'll have to get uh, you and Mario on for next time. <laughs> <laughs> well, that'll be interesting. Yeah, I, uh, I, I definitely. I feel like I, it's the whole like do as I say, not as I do thing. Like I can talk about the principles of marathon training, and then Mario's like, "So why'd you go and blow up in those eight hundreds two weeks ago?" Like, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Because I got out so, with my ego on the line and wanted to be, prove my fitness to myself. Yeah, th that quote from Jakob Ingebrigtsen a couple of weeks ago where it's like, where he's saying that many people train too hard maybe to prove to their teammates or their, uh, you know, their doubters or the, maybe even themselves. And I highlighted it and sent it to Mario. Like, absolutely. I like, I'm like, okay, today I'm going to prove to myself that I am this fit and then it was like 83 degrees and I hadn't heat acclimated and I just like went up in smoke. Um, and he's like, okay, <laughs> all right. It didn't really achieve the purpose of the workout, the intent, but we'll still, we'll welcome you back. So um, <laughs> be patient in the summer heat, Marcus. We'll, and we'll look forward to hearing about it. Thanks guys. Thank you. Thanks Matt for Thank joining us. Thank you very us. much. Yeah, definitely came to do it again uh, midway through the block. It'll be fun. Awesome. That wraps it up for episode two. Awesome.